0: to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. It is good to be in the house of God this morning. If you agree, I want to hear you shout. Shout, come on. So my husband and I have this thing. If you ever hear people shouting, that's us in the front row because we're not going to give anything or anyone more praise than what we give Jesus on a Sunday morning. And so let's do that again. Let's just shout. Shout for me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it is good to be here today, and that was good for you to shout. That was worship to God, and so it was good good exercise for you. Feel free to do that during worship on Sunday mornings. That was good. Well, happy Mother's Day to you guys. I don't know how you could have missed it. It's like our mom's market that's kind of out there when you first walk in. Moms, we have chocolate for you, flowers, I think some Starbucks coffee, so please make sure you go there go there before you leave today. And I did want to say a special Happy Mother's Day. I've got some like wonderful people in the front row that I love. My mother-in-love is here, my sister is here, and another mother-in-love to me, and Miss Sheila, who's like a mama to me. So Happy Mother's Day to all of you, I love you guys. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you, but before my husband and I were the ones who had to put on church, um, when there was a new series going on, I would so hope that it would be like the word that I was looking for. So if it was about finances, a relationship, about peace, I'd be like, please God, I need him to hear that. I need them to hear that. And like, I need this word. Yeah, she knows. And I need this word for me, right? I need, I need the word. And so it's Mother's Day. And mamas, I know you need a word. Because I'm a mom, I've got four kids under five, and uh, we need a word every once in a while, don't we? So we're going to continue our FAQ series today, but before we do that, there is a word that I believe God has for us, for the mamas, and I think it will apply to all of us, but in specific for those moms today. So um, before I share the word, I have to tell you how this word came about. So I was having a day, um, I'll put it that way, with my kids. One of my sons had stuck a Playbo- playmobile. Cha- I don't know how to say that, Playmobile character's hand really far up his nose, like, it's like bulging at the top. Ask me later how I got that out, that was very cool. Um, it's a great trick, but anyway, so one kid's got that way up his nose. Another kid just put Star Wars toys in my toilet, great. Vera, my perfect child, ask my husband. He's perfect to, or she's perfect to him. Um, Anyways, she's screaming. She's just having a day where, actually, it's not just a day. She typically, like, if you're not giving her exactly what she wants, she'll be crying until she's in your arms. Okay, so she's doing that thing, and then my dog pukes downstairs. Like, one of those pukes where you're like, oh, I can hear it. You know, you just, you know what you're about to find. Emily, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so (laughs) my dog just puked. And so, I'm having this day where I'm not gonna say my kids' names, but the one kid did that. All this stuff is happening in real time, in real life, and I have to give all of them immediate attention, and I'm just feeling a little stressed. I might have to take my one child to the emergency room. Like, that's a thing. Might have to take him there. Um, I definitely have to go clean, clean that toilet out uh, before I have to call a plumber. And then I really need to go steam clean that rug, because I can't have that rug ruined by that dog's puke, And I'm being screamed at the entire time this is all happening. (laughs) So, let's go outside. Kaya's going to make the wise decision. We're just going to pause and we're going to go outside. So now, fast forward, my kids and I were outside, and my little Jack, he is almost four, he puts his blue little Nikes on that Uncle Brando got him for his birthday last year, and he's running up and down my driveway. That kid, for hours, will just run back and forth. And I'll hear, All right, Mom, count me down again. Okay, Jack. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. Okay, you get it over and over, but I love it. So Jack's doing his thing, running up and down my driveway. And then Frank Frank and Aurelio, they have their play guns, and they're doing something in the woods. Don't know, but Aurelio takes good care of his brother, so I'm not worried about it. They're having a good time in the woods, playing in our yard. And then I've got Vera. Her and I, we're walking around the house. We love to look at trees and the grass and the beautiful flowers. Well, my husband had planted some bulbs, Last, uh, last fall, and man, we were just admiring them, having this great day. And God dropped a word into my spirit that I feel like is for us today. He says, Kaya, eventually we live in the decisions we make today. My reality had become some of the decisions that I had made previously. See, my home did not always have the curb appeal that it currently does. Um, up until last, or up until this past July, my house sat on mud. Um, there was no driveway, no cement, no grass, none of that. It was dirt. And so you can imagine how fun that is to every time all of us are going in and out of the house and my dog to go to the bathroom. It's for washing paws, washing the feet, washing the floor. That gets old. It's not not too fun. And so we're going through this process of doing that. Well, then my husband and I, we have this thing where the price that we pay for most things in our life is process. Process is the preferred method of payment for the bevel aquas. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Process, right? We don't get things right away, but we're willing to go on a process. And so we had processed enough where last July, we were able to rent a hydro seeder. Fun stuff. My husband had had major surgery on his leg the, pre- the previous March, and so he's out in a boot on his leg, just being like this great husband, out watering or hydroseeding. And then I'm very pregnant at this time, and we chose to hydroseed at like the worst time of the year. It was 10, during the 10 days of no rain and like 95 degree weather. So bless our hearts. Um, I'm out there pregnant, muck boots in a dress, trying to water this so we don't ruin our new hydroseed. But praise God, we, got, we were able to hire somebody to come and help us do our cement and our driveway. And so that was in July. It hasn't even been a year. But all of a sudden today, I'm out with my kids and I'm enjoying this yard. I'm enjoying my flowers. I'm enjoying the driveway where little Jack gets to run. Eventually, we live in the decisions we make today. My reality had become something I enjoy very much, but it took making decisions before See, I don't remember having a driveway that my kid couldn't run on. I don't remember having to wash feet every five seconds. Tell the dog, can you just wait a little bit before you go back outside? I don't feel like cleaning you up right now. You know what I mean? And so I had to wait a season. My husband planted those bulbs for me, and I didn't believe that they would work. I don't know if you're (laughs) like that, but I'm like, he's buying like 100 bulbs. Like That's just going to be like weeds. It won't work. I want the instant gratification, a beautiful landscape immediately. And now as I was walking with Vera, I'm looking at it on one little hill. There's four dozen flowers on just that little spot. It worked. It worked. And so eventually we're going to live in those decisions we make today. And so to the mama who is here by herself today because her kids are grown out of state at a different church... To the mama who is tired, she is trying to make a living, she's also trying to be the homeschooler, she's trying to raise godly kids. To the mom who feels like I'm the only one loving my kid, I'm the only one sacrificing. Man, keep calling, keep changing the diapers, keep cleaning up, keep on praying, Keep on listening to Jesus. Keep on listening. While sometimes in life our process may not be pretty. Who I know. It may not be pretty. You should have seen me get that thing out of my kid's nose. Seriously ask me later. It's not always pretty. It's not. But it'll be, the fruit will taste good later on. Amen? Amen. <laughs> So as I was preparing for this message, I have, um, I have four kids, and my youngest is an eight-month-old. And so she requires mom for a lot of things still. So my husband and I, we, we, sw- we swapped. He uh, stayed home with our three older boys, and I came into the office, but Vera had to come with me. And so to any mom who has to work with their baby, you know, um, there's some politics to that. Um, it's not always, you can love your child so much, but that's not always fun right and so i'm bringing my 8 month old here my husband had his office like the lighting was nice for us he had vera's toys in there he had it set up so nice and convenient for me but like realistically it still was not convenient to have my 8 month old here in fact i have some pictures as while i'm trying to study and write um, vera needed a nap which that was awesome woo praise the lord i love that part and then we need to go for a walk she's like oh we need to talk and have fun so wonderful we get to go for a walk and then she sleep again praise the lord <laughs> That was like a 15-minute nap. Okay, that next one. Oh, she's in. Daddy had that little chair in there for her for her to play and have a little snack. So great. The thing I did not take a picture of. Um, I have learned how to work with screaming children. As I said, that's kind of a thing she does. And so I'm typing and studying and reading, and all of a sudden I hear a knock on the office, and it's Pastor Brian, and he's like, Hey, um, why don't you let me take that baby? I don't know how you can get anything done in here. I was like, Oh! You hear that? Okay, great. So Uncle Brian came to the rescue, took his sweet little Vera girl, and I was, able, I was able to continue. But I say all that to say, I was called to be here this weekend. My husband asked me to speak. And so, okay, God, you have that for me. But it's not always convenient what God asks us to do. Can you relate to that? Um, not just as a mom, as other people. Sometimes what God asks us, we think, oh, that just doesn't feel good right now. Um, it's kind of putting me out. It, there's some politics. I, got, I have to figure too much stuff out for that. But as you saw in those pictures, you know what I was thinking about as, as, as looking through those now? Won't it be worth it when she's older and she's like, mom, can you help me write my, write my message? Wow. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. See, my inconvenience of having to bring a little eight-month-old to study, read, and write, it's all good. That's going to pay me back. It is going to be worth it when one day I'm doing that same thing for her. Amen? Amen. 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 Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So let that just, just encourage you, mamas. <clears throat> so now to continue with our FAQ series, um, I'm passionate about this question. I'm going to tell you what it is in a minute. But first, I'm going to read Psalm 92, a song for the Sabbath day. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age they shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Would you pray with me before we get started? Hallelujah. Father, I just ask that today people would hear your voice in a new and fresh way. People who came here just expecting to make their mom or grandma happy, God, I ask that you would interrupt that, that you would give them a word in season that would give them exactly what they're looking for from you, Lord. Hallelujah. I ask, Lord, that when people leave, they would remember, the word and that they would be able to put it into action in their life in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the question, as a Christian, why do I need to go to church? You might not care for that question, but I love it. I'm a church kid, pastor's wife. I love this question. Why do I need to go? I have a lot to say about this question, but I'm only going to give you three points today. And just like when Pastor Joe was explaining a couple weeks ago when he was answering about the end times and some things like this, not everything that I say is all that there is to why you need to go to church, but I'm just going to focus on these three for today. So let's get started. Um, Number one, you need a connection to heaven's embassy. America has embassies all over the world. In really every major established country, there's an American embassy. And an embassy is a representative of the home country. They handle negotiations, but this is like the definition that I love the most for it, is that its, its job is to preserve the rights of its citizens abroad. I liked it so much, I had them put up there so you could see that. An embassy preserves the rights of its citizens abroad. Embassies are sovereign or sovereign territories. So like if you get into trouble or need help in another country, you need to get to the embassy because that's where America's way of doing things, America's law kicks in, you can get help there. So you need to get to an embassy. And I love this, God has an embassy in history and it's called the church. It's his way of bringing the rights of heaven that he has for us into this foreign land, which is where we live right now, Grand Rapids, Michigan, the foreign territory God wants to get heaven here to you and I. The church is to represent heaven in history. I love that. Jesus tells us how to even pray with this. He says Matthew 6 in, in Matthew 6:10, excuse me. He says To pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God is in heaven, orchestrated, and he's sending down the word. He's sending down the way of doing things to the church. And at the church, you can come and you can find out, well, these are the rights that I have. I don't have to go through all that junk that the world says I do because I know my rights. As a citizen of heaven, I have these rights here, and I'm going to find them out in the church He wants to show us through the church how to influence and interact with the culture that we live in. And God knows we need that. Uh, Matthew 16, 17. uh, Jesus actually mentions the church for the first time here. And uh, right before he says this, he's talking to his disciples and he's asking them, who do you think I am? And I like this. He really likes what Peter says, and this is Jesus' response. He said, blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Upon this rock I will build my church. If you notice, Jesus first calls him Simon. Simon meant little pebble tiny little pebble. And then as he continues, he promotes him, and it's Peter, which means rock. So he goes from a little pebble to a rock, and he says, upon this rock I will build my church. And the word that Jesus is using there, it's the Greek word petra. And petra meant like a collection of really small stones put together to be something bigger than they ever could have been apart, Uh, like a formation of rocks, if you will. So it's a gathering, church is a gathering of representatives who act as ambassadors of Christ in this world. The word church had been used before. That wasn't the first time that the word church had ever been used. Um, The word ecclesia was something that had been used, you would hear that often. And ecclesia was a legislative body that made decisions, just decision makers. So you could think of it as something like... um, Let's see, what did I put down here? Congress, this would be a board, any decision makers, okay? Um, Congress, city council, the decision makers. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to gather my decision makers. I'm going to gather my rule makers. We are going to come together, the church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. So when Jesus is saying the gates of hell, he's not just talking about doors that open and close. I find this very interesting. It was actually the place, the gates, were where the church met, where other um, like legislative bodies met to make their decisions. So he's saying, it does not matter what hell, his demons, what the world, little things, rules that they come up with, little laws, little decisions. The gates of hell, those decisions are not going to come against you. Amen? They're not going to come against you. Hallelujah. So you need to know God's viewpoint, right? We need to know God's viewpoint of heaven So that way we can bring heaven into history. You need to bring that viewpoint into your areas of influence, into your workplace, into your school. But you got to come somewhere to realize, what is God saying about what's going on around me? What is he saying? So that way you can hear what God has to say and then bring that into your world. God needs an embassy that he can count on. And I'll tell you what, we do our best at this church to be an embassy that he can count on. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. You, my friend, are part of bringing heaven into history. Oh, yeah. Number 2, why do I need to go to church? I'm going to read Psalm 48, a song or a psalm of the sons of Korah. Remember that name. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great King God is known in her place, in her palaces for a refuge. Number two, it is beautiful for your situation. The church is your refuge, is what it says. Beautiful situation is speaking not only it was a geographical perfection, we're going to call it. It was situated among seven mountains. It was beautiful. It was perfect in where it was located. But it doesn't stop there. It says beautiful, and it's beautiful for situation, for sure. But then it says God is known in her palaces as a refuge. Like, it's perfect for whatever situation you are in. The church is your refuge. Like, this place is your refuge Did you get some unexpected news and you're down? Man, get to church. The church is your refuge. Is your marriage in trouble? Who? Get to church. The church is your refuge. You lost a loved one and you're grieving. Get to church. The church is your refuge. Do you have no peace? Are you afraid of absolutely everything? I've been there, and I'm going to tell you, I found refuge in the church. The church, God is here, and he is your refuge. See, the Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit can do something that no man can do, that no man can do. The Holy Spirit can do what money cannot buy. The Holy Spirit can do what money cannot buy. You can throw as much as you want at it, but the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do that. He can soften hearts. He can heal bodies. He can set you free. He can give you peace. Amen? Amen? Amen. But in this day and age, we don't like to wake up early to go to church, let alone miss the beach, to get to church. And I got to tell off on you guys. You think we don't know when you skip because it's nice out. (laughs) You think, and that's really cute, but uh, we know. We know. We can see. Do you know that? We we can see what's going on out there. So we know. We we know how you guys think, and we understand because guess what? We miss the beach every Sunday, most weekends. I got to tell you, we miss the beach. We got stuff to do here. But we can see that. And so we live in a time where church is not really convenient for people, is it? not convenient. But back in the day, uh, church was actually not convenient. It was a pilgrimage to the temple of God. And it was a journey. Like I said, Jerusalem was set up in seven mountains. And so really, anytime Jerusalem is mentioned, you're either like on your way up, or if you're coming away from it, you're like on your way down. And so for a lot of people, it would take days to get there, days to get to the temple of God. And this was something required. It wasn't like optional. This was three times a year you need to get your families there, all of them. And so we're talking, we're packing up everything that our families need for days' worth of travel. You have to bring with you whatever animal you're going to sacrifice. You've got to bring your pets, your donkeys, whatever's going to be carrying your stuff. You're bringing all of this stuff with you. Not convenient. You're having to set up and put up, uh, set up, tear down your living quarters, your tents every day, every night, carrying it on your back. And they were required to do this but regardless of how many kids you had or what you were doing it was what you did and i can't imagine what that was like because i got to tell you to get my kids out the door whoo, the stuff that I need makes no sense. My husband's like, why are you taking so long to load up? Well, I need the car seat and I need the playpen because I'm not going to be chasing them around. And I need to have snacks. Snacks is something like, I just have to have so many snacks and drinks. They have to have their drinks, their special drinks. And so, whoo, I can't imagine what a pilgrimage was like where they don't have access to things like I do. It was work for them, but it was worth the trip. It was worth it. They did not care what mountain they literally had to climb up or what valley they literally had to go through, We're literally going through mountains and valleys. They didn't care. They were building something that was more important. They were building memories with their families that would be passed down from generation to generation to generation. And these stories that were passed down, it was about what God was doing in their life what had happened already in their life, what was happening on this pilgrimage. See, they made decisions to do things that didn't just affect them. It didn't just affect their present convenience of going to church, no. Their attendance, their pilgrimage to the temple of God, it would be passed on, these stories, from generation to generation. Psalm 84, it is called the Pearl of Psalms, which I just like. But this actually speaks to that yearly pilgrimage that I'm talking about, that they were required to take. This is Psalms 84, Sons of Korah. There's that name again. Remember that. It's kind of long, but bear with me. It's good. (laughs) How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Whose heart, it's a heart thing, a heart set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. I love this. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Well, let's go home. That was a good scripture. No, that's the point. It sounds really nice, right? I love that scripture, and it sounds so great. That's definitely a church church verse. But you need to have some context of why those words actually matter and why it's so important. I had told you, remember that name, the Sons of Korah, both of the psalms that I read from. their sister psalms, Psalms 48 and then Psalms 84 the sons of Korah. See, Korah was a man who rebelled against God. His family was of the line of Levites, and Levites were, um, were the priests, and they were in charge of the tabernacle. And the particular job that Korah and his descendants, Korahathites, I can't really say their name, but anyways, his descendants, their job was to actually physically carry um, objects from the the, uh, the tabernacle on their shoulders, and there was very specific ways of doing things, and honestly, Korah didn't like it. He didn't like having to be the one to carry everything on his shoulder because other people got to push stuff on carts. Other people got to ride a donkey, and he didn't like what God had asked him to do. And so he comes up with a plan with 250 other men. They're gonna take Moses down and they're gonna take the priesthood. They're gonna have the good job. And so on that day, we can read in number 16 that the earth opened up and in fell Korah and all those people against God. Bye, close right up. And they were gone. Like, wait, what, the earth opened and then closed right back up and took Korah and his 250 descendants. They swallowed him up. And like I said, their job had been to be in, in the church, right? They were carrying objects on their shoulders. They knew the ins and outs. They knew what it was like to be in church. But get this, after Korah did that, his whole line for seven generations was exiled from the temple of God. Like, hey, you don't get the presence of God anymore. You're done. Seven generations. You're not even allowed. Whoa, that's wild. And in 1 Chronicles, we find out, that the line of Korah, like I said, it didn't die because eventually they get a, they get a task to do. But in 1 Chronicles, we find out they didn't die out. But check this. The line of Korah leads to the birth of Samuel. And Samuel is the very one who anoints David as king. Wow. See, God wants to use you despite what anyone in your past has done. There are consequences, right? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, sometimes our kids do pay. For decisions that we make and it's unfortunate they do that is a hard reality that many of you have experienced you 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 know but God's not done just because that happened there was still more for Korah King David was anointed through his line wow so that clan of Korathahite that's so wrong but Korah's line right they went from being known as power grabbers man those people tried to overturn Moses the earth hated them the earth (laughs) ate them I mean can you imagine what you were known as God opened the earth and then shut you in it. Like, to me, that's like straight to hell, right? Like, whoop! Anyways, um, crazy. But so he turned people that were power grabbers to be known as servants. That's God. That is God. And so, this is why I want to read Psalms 84 one more time. You have to realize, we just read Psalms 84, but this is right after they had been banned for seven generations. So, let's read that one more time. They've been gone for seven generations out of the temple of God, out of the presence of God. It's void in their life. They have no interaction with God, right? And now let's read that again. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Oh, my soul yearns. It faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Those folks knew what it was like to be out of the presence of God. They can relate to some of these worship bands. You know what I'm talking about? Our church won't participate in that, thank God. But there are people who you know, people who I know who live in different parts of the world that have a worship band on them, are you kidding me? I have a friend right now who, she's in Lebanon. She smuggles Bibles. Like, she's, she's bad. She's so <laughs> awesome. Like, there are people who really have to struggle for this thing, guys. Yeah. Really have to struggle. And these the sons of Korah knew what it was like to not have God in their life. And then once they get to go back into the temple, they're like, my soul cries out for you. Better is one day than a thousand elsewhere. I mean, can you really imagine that actually being the truth? I have sometimes read that and thought, Really? But gosh, with the way that the world is now, I feel like, oh, I have a, I have a better understanding yeah. of why to them. That was true. Yeah. Yeah. One day's better than a thousand yeah. elsewhere. I like how it even talks about the sparrow finding a home. Sparrows were an abundant bird that were kind of like the lowly. Nobody cares about those kind of birds. Nobody cared about them. But even the sparrow found a home. Guys, that means that it doesn't matter who you are The church is for you. It does not matter what you have done, who your parents were, what they've done to you. This place is for you. You can find a home in the temple of God. Hallelujah. So why do I need to go to church? Number three, you need to have a heart that is taught to hear the ringing of the Holy Spirit. Do you guys remember church bells? I brought one. Do you remember those? See, we're an old Rite Aid. Um, I think that the pharmacy counter is right behind me. We don't have a bell here, because we're an old Rite Aid. But church bells used to mean something to somebody. Church bells used to ring and people were like, oh, that means I gotta get up, I gotta get my kids fed, I gotta get dressed, I gotta look right, I gotta put some effort into this thing because I'm going to the house of God. I've got somewhere to be. It means something. Well, I know that it's Sunday and it's a nice day in Michigan and that my friends want me to go with them to the beach, but uh, I've got something to do. I've got to go to the house of God. My, my church bell's ring. ringing. I know that uh, I really just want to sleep in today. It's my only day off. I need to sleep in. No, but I've got plans today. I've got to get to the house of God. I've got to get to the house of God. I've got a lot of work to do. You don't understand. I've got so many deadlines. God totally gets it. I've just got deadlines at work. Okay. It doesn't matter, I've got to get to the house of God because the Holy Spirit is calling me, the Holy Spirit. Oh, but, Kaya, God knows, I've been up all night, my kids kept me up all night, and I need to sleep. I I just, I have to get my rest in, me time, ooh, okay. No, people would hear that bell and it would be like, I've got a place to be, I hear it, ooh, I gotta get to the house of God, I've got somewhere to be today. I'm going to the house of God despite any inconvenience or my own plans. I'm a Christian, and I live in the house of God. During this past year, for so many of us, Sundays have become just another day. Do you kind of remember that running joke where it's like, what day is it? It's day today. I mean, who knows? It's any day. And so there's no ringing of the bells anymore in our ears or in our hearts. The days are all just the same. And I worry so much for my generation. I I worry for the teenagers and for the elementary students because, do you know, it only takes 66 days to develop a highly defining characteristic. We can can have little habits here and there that come and go, but if you can do something for 66 days, it's proven that it would become a characteristic of who you are. And I worry because this lockdown that so many have been in, whether it's for work, whatever, where you're locked down from school, it's been over six times Whoa. I think it's safe to say, including me, that we might have developed some defining characteristics that aren't the best. When we don't go to church, when we don't come into the house of God, by default we rely on the world about what to think, say, do, act, all of that we rely on them. And I'm sorry, but if you think about it, we live in a world that cares so deeply about these clean hands, right? They want you to wash those hands. They could care less about your clean heart. They could care less about it. We live in a culture that preserves unborn turtle eggs. Got nothing against turtles. But they will willingly, and those same people will throw away unborn humans. What? I refuse to let that type of culture be the defining thing in my life. I'm coming to church. I'm going to find out God's viewpoint and what I should be believing, and that's what I'm going to stand on. I can have my me time. Yuck. I know it is easier. But what if, what if you pulled out your B I B L E and you just dared to believe that God could speak to you and your family when you open up the living word of God? What if we did that? What if we did that? We've been willing to let it go people would rather mask up to go into Target than put on your pants to come to church. Right. Come on. You know that's right. You know that's right. Yeah, I promise you, the Sunday's line at Tar- or at Starbucks is way longer than the line to get into church. You know how I know, I like, I like Starbucks. I drive past it. Sometimes I stop there if I have time. I get it. But that line's longer than this place. Come on. Listen, Starbucks tastes good. I like an oat milk, honey, latte, hot. Delicious, right? Ooh, somebody knows my drink. And I love to shop at Target. I love it. I think it's so fun. But did you know that Target and Starbucks or wherever you're choosing to be on a Sunday morning did not die for you? Yep. You know that? They did die for you. They are not loyal to you because as soon as you don't comply to what they want you to do, they're done with you. Yep. They're not loyal. They cannot make you new. They cannot do it. They cannot, how about this? Those places, wherever you're choosing to be besides the house of God, not just, oh, you want me to be a, chur- a number in the church. No, no, no. Wherever you're choosing to be besides in the house of God, they can't redeem the time that yeah. the enemy has stolen over the past year. Do you know that? They can't give you the time back, but God can work all things together for good. He can leverage everything you've been through over the past year. And like my husband says... Send you in to what God has for you further than you ever would have been able to go on your own. So, we need to hear this. I know it's loud. Bear with me. You need to hear this. On Saturday, when you're checking that weather report, well, what's the weather like tomorrow? Then we'll decide if we're going to church. Come on, I know how you think. I'm a human too. Do you know how many times we're thinking, oh man, that would be nice to go to, the... of course, we think the same thing so we know how you think. You're not fooling us. You need to hear this, right? Yeah, you need to hear that. You need to hear that ringing when your kids are struggling. You need to hear, oh, I gotta get to the church. My kids are going through hell. I, got, I gotta get them to church. That's where I gotta get them. When we have friends who are feeling suicidal, I I have known three people that have committed suicide this past year. When we have friends who are suicidal, oh God, we got to get to church. Oh, I have to get into the house of God. That's where I need to be. When you're fighting with your family, despite fighting on your way here, this is the right place to be. You need to be in the house of God no matter what you're going through. We have never needed the gathering of the church as much as we do right now. Your kids have never needed it as much as they do right now. You know, they're not just back there singing songs and playing games. Those kids are learning the word of God. They are learning God's viewpoint and those little kids are gonna go into their world and preach the gospel of Jesus. So hear this. Hear this today. Hear the Holy Spirit calling you Christianity was not designed to be easy. Can I free you from that? Quit trying to act like it is. Christianity was not designed to be easy on you, to fit in perfectly to everything God has called you to do. It wasn't designed for that. Christianity takes loyalty. Christianity takes loyalty, and Christianity takes love for the house of God. You have to get into the house of God. Psalm 73, 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Man, I was about to give up till I got to church. I was full of fear till I got into the presence of God. I thought I was the only one until I got into the house and found out I am not alone. There's so many that think like me. I gotta get in the house. When I was in the house, I got my thinking right. Oh, I think differently after I leave. My faith is built up. I have hope. I have peace. I have somebody who knows my name when I'm in the house. Wow, I got to get to the house of God. It was like the message was just for me. Do you know how often we hear, oh, Pastor Joe, Kai, when Pastor Joe said that, I'm thinking, he never preached about that. I mean, no joke, so many times people come to me and they say, Kai, when Pastor Joe said this, I'm thinking, I was in that service and that's not what I heard. God uses pastors, people, you're a minister of the gospel. The Holy Spirit uses your voice to get to people exactly what they need to hear. You got to get in the house. For me, everything good in my life has come from the local church. See, I grew up a pastor's kid. Um, We, like I said, we didn't go on long vacations over the weekend because we couldn't miss church. We didn't really, for like the holidays, we were the ones putting on like the big events. And so like, we didn't go anywhere for that either. We were always in the house. I was planted in the house from the time I was born and I've never wanted to leave. I've had the choice to and I never wanted to. I always come back to the house. We didn't get long weekends. We didn't get any of that. But you know what we got? I got church. All of my deepest needs were met there. As a young child, things that my friends struggled with, I thought, well, have you prayed about that? I mean, we're talking nine years old. Man, we wanna get the word into you so that when you're feeling those things, you have a weapon to combat the enemy. We wanna get that to you. We didn't miss church because it was a job or it's required to go to heaven because friend, hear me, it's not. You could never come back to church. But it was a call. Whew, I gotta get to the house. (laughs) I gotta get to church today. Oh, I wanna be there. When I'm there, things are different and I'm able to go out into this crazy world and be who God has called me to be and I want that for you. I want you to fall in love. It doesn't have to be this church. I know that we have a lot of people who are visiting, maybe they're with their mom or whatever the situation is. You need to be plugged into a church. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock and in him there is no unrighteousness. Would you bow your heads and pray with me today? Lord, I thank you for allowing me to speak today. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do your thing use my words that were spoken to say whatever it is that each person needs to hear i ask that you would show them the power of being planted in the church that you would show them it's where they're going to find what they're looking for amen you can look up at me if you're in here today and like i said maybe you're visiting you're only here because grandma made you come or your mom made you come you're just trying to like make them happy i get it i get it and so maybe now you're familiar with the church but you don't know jesus And I would hope that after the message today, you would feel like I kind of need to know that guy. Believe me, you do. You need to know Jesus. And so today as a church, we're all going to say a prayer all together. And so you're not going to be singled out or anything, but we're going to say a prayer and it's going to give you an opportunity to get into a relationship with Jesus. Would you guys bow your heads and repeat after me? Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross in my place. For my sins, so I can be forgiven. You raised him from the dead. This I believe. So with my heart and with these words, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. I surrender now. Jesus, I call on you. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Put your spirit in me. I receive all of what you have for me. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for making all things new. Hallelujah. Would you guys go ahead and clap with me? Let's shout, get loud for those that have accepted Christ today.
1: Stay up here with me. Why not? Hey, give it up for my wife. What a great message! (laughs) What a good word. You know, as you were preaching that, I was thinking about uh, Kaya's mom who is with Jesus today. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of those days that she was talking about, weekends spent. You know, I, I got to be honest, we forget about holidays like this because we're the ones that make Christmas happen, everybody, or right. Mother's Day or, or any other holiday. And so, you know, but the seeds she planted in her kids... You know, Naya was here at the church putting together all of these different things for the mothers and mm-hmm. the chocolate and the and the and, and Kai was working on the message. And I just think what a godly legacy. And uh, yes, if the Lord tarries, man, to hear my daughter preach. I'm telling you, whether you want your kid to be a preacher or not, in this day and age we want him to love the Lord. That's right. My grandparents make sure that I went to church on Sunday out at Rusty Nail Baptist Church. It's out just next to Keno and Truman, I think. I don't There's know. No rusty nails. Don't Google it. It doesn't exist. I'll guise the name, but thank you, God, that I was there. That's right. There was a bell tower that they had, and the old church bell, and there was a rope that went down, and the preacher would let me ring the bell, and if you could imagine a time in my life where I was light enough to hold on to it, and it would lift me in the air. Come on, old people. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, I don't think this is real. It's real. And I'd ring that bell, and and I want to pray for you, and I want to ring that bell as we leave today. I just want you to remember that today as we go into good weather and all that kind of stuff that, man, there's life in the house. Amen? Amen. If you prayed and accepted Christ, let us know on a connection card or online the same way we do with the first-time visitors. Don't forget next week is communion. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go...
0: We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.